0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman. This is part two of our talk on CT and geography in, in the trauma setting. And this was one of the last slides I left with you on part one. MDCT CT angiography has substantial potential as the initial diagnostic method in patients with suspected arterial injury uh, to the upper or lower extremities. And I did also show you that the results have indeed been very good. You look at sensitivity and specificity. And those are pretty impressive, but they're especially impressive when you realize it's four-slice CT, which was a very difficult study in a trauma patient, and now we're at 64-slice CT. Now, there are several things I also like to comment on. I mentioned in the first talk about the importance of being able to do a single study, answering all the questions. Here's a good example of a gunshot wound with a comminuted femur fracture. You can see there's no contrast in this case, yet you can see a bleed within the patient's uh, thigh. The question at this point would be is, is this active bleeding, which it is, should we get an angiogram, what does the vessel look like? And you would get an angiogram. The thing you would do, of course, in this situation, what you should have done, was do IV contrast from the start. You would have seen the superficial femoral artery. You would have seen the bleed. At that point, you could have determined whether or not it needs intervention. So I think one of the things we need to change in terms of our mindset and in terms of our protocols is that when you know the patient has bony injury and you know vascular injury is a true component of this process, just go right off and give IV contrast material. There's no loss. and yes, we can see the hematoma here, we can see some active blood that is present, we see the extent of the fracture, but it would have been a whole lot easier if we simply, as in this case, gave the patient IV contrast material. So that's something that needs to be done. Another thing is in terms of injury visualization, we will reconstruct to show the muscle injury as well as vessel injury as well as bone injury. So one of the things that sometimes requires is reconstructing the data with both a bone algorithm and a soft tissue algorithm. Again, soft tissue algorithms are best if you want to look at the vascular structures. If you have a bony algorithm, then the images are incredibly noisy and it would indeed be very problematic. So what you really want to do is basically have this uh, soft tissue algorithm as well, and then you can do the 3D reconstructions very nicely. You can rotate the images around. We'll speak about editing a bit later, but in many cases, I can simply just rotate the images, in this case, bring in the superficial femoral artery directly into perspective and showing the patient's spiral femur injury, the displacement of the proximal aspect of the femur, But the absence of any true vascular injury and then we would simply rotate the data set and look at things from any planar perspective this also brings back the point i mentioned before about doing things interactively you do it interactively you make the diagnosis you dictate the report you're not waiting for someone else to come and process the data for you and so you can see another example here this case also shows you the issues with artifact i showed you couple cases around the knee but in the pelvis as well there's artifact off the bullet but i think as we rotate the images as we look at muscle and soft tissue as we go from there to the vessels um, it's less of an issue you also see here very nicely i've given you the same data set with mip and volume rendering to make the point that with mip you would need to do bone removal because with mip if you look at the pelvis you miss the entire proximal SFA, You just can't see it. Volume rendering, we can see the vessel well. And I've mentioned this before with volume rendering, there may be less need for editing. Editing's gotten better, but it still takes time. So again, volume rendering has a certain advantage of MIP in that uh, scenario, as well as of course, in the fact that we can look at soft tissues. And here's just two images in a patient with a thigh bleed. Now you can see in this case, the axial images show the bleed very well. It also shows the air in the soft tissues from the patient's trauma. And yes, you can see very similar things on the 3D map uh, that you can see on this coronal display but I think you would admit that the 3D map makes it easier. You know exactly where the contrast extravasation is, you know, relationships of bone and soft tissue and bone and muscle. You can see where the bullet actually entered the patient and then hit bone and then hit vessel. So you really get a very nice look and here it is from a perspective, from a AP perspective. And here's also the point about removing the bone. So if I remove the bone, it's easy to see the entire course of the vessel whether you're doing volume or mip and to show it to you again here it is opaque here we we're doing is we're just going to pull the bone out so there's the bone in isolation and here is exactly what i'm going to remove in blue and when i do that i'm left with a very nice sfa that's patent but the bleed in the lateral portion of the thigh is very nicely seen And I'll show it to you again with one other perspective in just a moment. And there it is very nicely shown. So again, this composite examination becomes critical. Now, at times, even if you see a bleed on the axial images, it's hard to say where it's coming from. But if you can say where it's coming from, it's hard to explain some of the intricacies. So for example, bleed, anterior portion thigh, you see it very well in the sagittal or anterior views. But let's look at 3D views. On the first set of 3D views, you can see the SFA and iliacs are patent on the right. But look what happens when I just change the rendering and rotate it a bit. There's the actual pseudoaneurysm coming off from the superficial femoral artery. And you can see it again in this perspective. That pseudoaneurysm is just Needs to be embolized, but it's critical how well you see it on the CT angiogram. You're just not going to appreciate the extent of that. You're looking at only at axial images. We speak about gunshots to the lower extremity, and again, the same philosophy of going through the data set. You can see the soft tissue injury. You can see the bone. You see bone removal. The question here is what about vessels? And you can see here the patient's vessels, particularly the uh, anterior tibial distally is poorly visualized, perineal is visualized, posterior tibial is visualized. But again, the importance of being able to look even in the presence of metal, the ability to look through these data sets by analyzing them, by editing them, and it's something we routinely need to do. Now, another example as to this, uh, how this all works, patient comes in, Here they are on a stretcher. We don't need to remove the stabilization device. You can see the patient's femur fracture. And then we'll look carefully at the vessels. And you can see as you look through the vessels in a range of planes and perspectives, you will see vessel occlusion. Okay, and there it is in the popliteal. So again, the ability to visualize through planes and perspectives truly makes things easier for us soft tissue visualization, in this case, showed you the entry wound. Is that helpful? Sometimes it is, but it gives you a nice visualization and completes the process. We sometimes see complications post-therapy. So here's an example of a large pseudoaneurysm in the thigh. And this pseudoaneurysm, I guess, theoretically could have been there from the get-go, but it was only after this patient had these rods placed with screws and was having increasing pain And someone noticed something to palpation, and we found this large pseudoaneurysm. And you can see it nicely in that coronal display, but you can see it a whole lot better in the sagittal perspective, where you see it arises from the junction, the superficial femoral artery and popliteal artery. And I could pull those bones out, of course, and now look how nicely we can see that patient's uh, pseudoaneurysm. So again, just a very nice visualization in that regard. Now, I mentioned, again, workflow, and so let me show you an example where workflow is important. That would be the shoulder. So in this example, the patient has a stab wound to the shoulder. You see the axillary artery very nicely. You see the visualization of vessels as I rotate. Uh, It makes the point, again, volume rendering works well in this situation. If you don't remove the bone, we can do okay. MIP has significant problems. We can look at this example where your patient has an active bleed or a pseudoaneurysm developing in the axilla. You see the fragmentation off the patient's scapula, the multiple fragments of bone present. And then we look at the 3D imaging and we can see the artifact here, but as we go through the 3D map, remove a little bit of vessel and, uh, and bone and there it is beautifully showing you the site of bleeding. So just a really nice visualization. But again, you had to remove some of the bony structures to make it worthwhile. Or in this case, another example with injury to the axillary artery. Again, we go from volume rendered soft tissue to MIP to looking at MIP in a range of planes and perspective. So again, you can see the workflow. I try to look at everything. Or in this case, with a stab wound to the upper arm, it looks so ugly, it looks so realistic. And then when you go to the vessel, you can see because of that, the... Uh, Radial artery uh, shows spasm. It's narrowed. It could be narrowed by hematoma compressing it, but it's narrowed because of vessel spasm, which is not an uncommon process. And again, you can see this patient was was scanned arms by the side. So um, we'll remove the bone. Again, there's just tremendous capabilities. Critical thing, the right acquisition. If I don't get a good acquisition, I can't do the post-processing. But when I can do post-processing, depending on what I need to see, I can show it with MIPA volume rendering. I can take away things like bone in this example. And it really is just a matter of visualization. I can put the bones back. I can put the muscle back. I can do all of this for anatomic relationships. But again, it's that comprehensive picture. So we've looked at some of the trauma of the extremity. Let's look at some thoughts. Pitfalls. I always worry about pitfalls. And in this study, for me to do post-processing, I need good data sets. If the vessels are not opacified, Ain't going to happen. So, poor timing. It's either too early or too late. More commonly, it's too early. Beam honing of metal, we showed examples of that, but usually we can solve that. MIP images alone are not satisfactory. I've made that point about 10 times, and I showed you examples. And again, there is a question should we do dual phase or should we do a later single phase because of the potential of venous injuries? But I think the issue most of the time is arterial injuries. You can go back and get delayed scans if you're worried about venous injuries, but um, typically we're not doing that. I thought I would also leave you with a few select references, which give you just some of the data. And again, you can see some of these references are indeed within the past year. And if you look at every single reference published as we go backwards, each of them shows CT angio to be critical in the ER setting or in the trauma setting. So with that, I'll stop. Hopefully I've brought up a subject that sometimes you don't think about. It's a great application for 64-slice CT and beyond. And with that, if you have any questions, give me a call. If not, have a great day. Bye-bye now.